lost all that bravado and that like I've lost all of that and for a while I was like what happened to that person who you know felt like she could do whatever she wants to do because I didn't feel that way for, for a few years but I guess that's part of I can say it now because I'm past it <laughs> But I guess that's part of the journey, isn't it, Yvonne? It's just like, that's just part of what you go through. It's just like, you know, if it's like a river, well, then there's rocky parts and there's like lots of, you know, uh, water and, and then there's the shallow part. Like, that's just part of it. And so maybe, who knows, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have gotten to the point where I'm at now, where I'm a little bit more at ease, at peace with what I'm doing, with what I'm about to do. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have gotten here if I hadn't gone through that rocky basis. I don't know. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Have you ever thought, what if? What if I quit my job? What if I start a new business? What if I start writing that book? I'm going to guess the answer is yes. I mean, we all go down the what-if path at some point, don't we? When you ask yourself those kinds of questions, do you start acting on them? Or do you find yourself immediately shutting down and deciding that they are unrealistic? Well, I have a little bit of inspiration for you today. (laughs) My guest on the podcast this week is back for a second conversation, and I'm so excited. She was the second interview I ever did, and if you want, you can stop here and go back to episode three to hear our first conversation, or go back to that episode after you finish this one, if you're curious or if you feel like you want more information about her story. I am so happy to welcome back Lou Blazer, who is the editor of the Midlife Cues newsletter and the host of the podcast Second Breaks. Now, Lou wasn't always a podcast host or media maven. Oh my gosh, she'd be so embarrassed if she heard me say that. Um, Well, she will hear me say it, I guess. Anyway, um, in fact, Lou used to hate the sound of her own voice. Lou had a very successful career as a management consultant, but felt the need to step away and blaze a new trail in her midlife. She started a business as a business coach because that seemed to make the most sense based on her past skills. It's been a windy path that's led her to hosting her podcast and writing her newsletter. It took some time for her to figure out the right path for her, but she figured out a way to channel her curiosity, 
her love of research, and her reading obsession into something that is helpful for other people and allows her the flexibility she needs to start her new grand adventure, which you'll hear all about in this episode. I can't wait for you to hear all about it. So without further ado, here's Lou Blazer. My goodness, Lou, you're back. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. I am so excited. Well, so much is going on in your life <laughs> since we last spoke. And I'm so excited for you. And I mean, everything. You your your podcast has changed, your newsletter has changed. You are getting ready to move out of the country. Oh my goodness. So let's, maybe we need to go back for anybody who didn't hear your first episode. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. So uh, obviously the name is Lou Blazer and uh, I was here at Late Bloomer Living. I was uh, so excited that Yvonne uh, asked me to join her. I think I was episode three or four. You were, you were my second interview ever. Oh my goodness. And I had been listening to your podcast for some time and uh, knew you through the What Works Network. And I, I was like, Lou, just, I just love the podcast and everything about you just seemed very approachable. And, uh, you know, I was so still at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, is anybody ever going to say yes to being a guest? I don't know. So I'll I ask was Lou so and thrilled. see what she says. I was so thrilled. I felt so thrilled to be joining you as you were embarking in that on that new journey. And it's amazing that it was just a year ago, I think it was, because I remember yeah. it was like, I think we were just, COVID was just happening when we spoke. And, yeah. and it's amazing that in that span of a year, 12, 13 months, however long it was, so much has changed. Um, and so I will uh, just briefly say this because in the audio, obviously, this is a podcast, people don't see me, but probably the biggest change is physically, visually, for me is that I now am sporting gray hair. (laughs) And you look awesome. I love it. I'm in the process myself. Oh, really? I got the grays coming in, girl. It's very exciting. And like you, I reserve the right to change my mind. Exactly. Right now, I'm curious. and I want to see where this goes. This is it. This is it. This is basically what happened during my 2020 COVID year. Is my hair just grew? But you were asking me uh, a little bit about my background. Uh, so I am a, a podcaster. I host a podcast called Second Breaks. I'm also a publisher of a weekly uh, midlife focused newsletter called Midlife Cues. Those are basically my my passion, my babies. Uh, They are what, you know, what makes for my meaningful work in my world. And, uh, and so that's, that's what I do for work purposes. And since last time we spoke, that's what I've been focusing, focusing on just, uh, I think when we last spoke, the newsletter was just born or just been born. And so I was focused on iterating that improving that, and uh, yeah, that's basically it in a yeah. nutshell. 
And for people who didn't hear your first episode. So you were not always a podcaster. You, you were in the corporate world. That, yes. that was your life, right? Yes. C-suite. So I had very briefly, so I, I did come from the corporate world. That was my career for over 16 years. And I didn't ever think that I was ever going to leave it. I was perfectly fine climbing the corporate ladder. And then the bug bit me <laughs> in 2014. That's when I decided to step away from the corporate, the stable corporate career and try something new. And I initially started as a career coach. That was my first sort of thing that I did outside of my corporate world or my corporate role. I did that for several years. And most of what we talked about the last time I was on the show was how messy that whole period was for me. It wasn't your typical or maybe not typical. It's just the, the usual story that we hear is I was like this, then I decided to do this and yay. And right. I think we <laughs> usually get the nutshell version yes, and we, we lose out. the details yeah. of all the messy middle that happened in between. That was yeah. like the figuring out and the, the pain, the pain <laughs> points <Yes. laughs> that come up in between. Right. Right. And so sometimes it's funny you said that because sometimes you think that there is no messy because you don't hear the messy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That was certainly what I was thinking when I was in the messy period was that how come I couldn't figure this out? Because a lot of other people have made the switch perfectly smoothly, you know, and I was not having a smooth, you know, transition. I was happy that I was transitioning, but it wasn't smooth. And so my messy was, you know, uh, quite a period of time. And that was kind of what we talked about uh, in the last show. And then um, things started getting, uh, moving towards the right direction, shall we say, <laughs> or, or getting smoother for me uh, around 2018, 2019 is probably when it started shifting uh, so that now I no longer am doing any kind of career coaching. I've, you know, not, I'm not doing that now anymore. And instead I'm really focusing on my uh, new business or my new media company, which is um, publishing digital uh, media for midlifers, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so you started off with your, your newsletter was briefing notes. And now <laughs> this year, yeah. I mean, it's so exciting because also, so the podcast started, what year was that? So the podcast started while I was still uh, doing career coaching. Right. And uh, so and that so, was very business focused. You yes. second breaks was primarily about like a second, yeah. second like chance at what are you going to do next career wise or yeah. right. And so now, I mean, it's been like so cool because you've gone through this blossoming and, and I love that you have allowed yourself to play in the sandbox of what is it and what do I really like honing in on what you want to talk about. And you've gone away from it being so much about business. And now you've really, you've dived in my Sarah yes. dove in, dived in, <laughs> and but you're really going into the idea of how to live your best midlife, how to age well. Yes. Right. Yeah. It, it, although while I was doing it, it didn't feel as 
choreographed. Mm-hmm. It only feels choreographed after the fact, uh-huh. right? Like it uh-huh. only feels like that after when you look back. But actually, uh, when it started, so to, to kind of just give give a little bit of context, um, this this pivot to a new uh, kind of work, a new way of living, basically working, um, happened when I made a decision with my sister to move, you alluded to it, I think earlier, uh, when we were starting the conversation that I'm about to move to the Philippines to be with my mom and with my sister. And so we had made this decision. I made this decision with my sister back in November, 2019. So before COVID, and it should have happened last year, except for the world shut down last year. Right. So it kind of got pushed, but basically, you know, I'm, I'm moving to be with mom. My mom is in her nineties and uh, she suffers from, um, or she has mild dementia, uh, dementia, mild mm-hmm. dementia. So, and I just want to be with her for as long as I can. I feel lucky that I still have one parent alive, but I just want to be, if it's two years, if it's three years, if it's five years, however long, I just want to be with her. So my sister, has been taking the lion's share. She's been doing all the caring for my mom this last four years. So I also want to help my sister in that respect. Yeah. And I, the work that I do by design is location independent. All I need is internet and a computer and I can do it anywhere. So I'm like, this is by design. This is the kind of work that I, you know, created because I want it to be anywhere. And so yeah. I can do this now. And so when she and I made this decision to do this, uh, that's when I started asking, what do I want to do for work? Like, do I want to continue the kind of work that I was doing before? And I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the kind of work where I might have to be interfacing with people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with, for certain periods of time, because I, I, massive time difference. If you're, if you're working with people in the United States, right. right? All of a sudden you're dealing with being up at who knows what time. Exactly. Right. So that's when I started to think about, okay, well, what do I want to do? And I went back to the drawing board and I started realizing that I have these you know, dreams of wanting to write and wanting to publish, but I never really did, you know, uh, pursue them with, you know, honestly, I didn't really uh, pursue them. And so I said, well, I'm going to to try that. And so in 2019, that's when I I, uh, I gave birth to the newsletter that, that for a long time, I didn't have a name because I didn't know what to call it. <laughs> and then Initially, I was talking about career because that was what I was talking about all this time. I've always been talking about career development. I was always talking about career pivots on the podcast. And in my coaching work, that was what I was talking about, career pivots and uh, reinventing your career, that kind of stuff. And so for a while, that sort of carried on with my writing on the newsletter as well. But then I started to feel like there were these other topics that I wanted to explore and that I wanted to share with my readers that went beyond career reinvention or career pivots, but are topics that are relevant for us. And so I started to play with it. I'm like, okay, what 
what would my readers do if I start writing about, you know, midlife health, for example, or, you know, any, you know, something else, if I step out of my self-imposed box and boundaries, Mm -hmm. what would Mm -hmm. my readers do? Will they unsubscribe? Will they stop reading? And so I just went there and I just started writing about those topics and I started sharing them. And do you know what? I get all kinds of responses, more responses than when I was writing about career pivots and career uh, reinvention. Uh-huh. And I paid attention to those sort of feedback and responses from the readers. I, I took them as, you know, signals, basically. Mm-hmm. And then, and also I found myself really interested in you and I, love going down rabbit holes. I know yes, that that's one yes. thing <laughs> we both love to do. So I I also noticed that I loved going down those kinds of rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of fed each other. Like I, I love researching and reading and writing about these things. And then it seems like my readers like reading these things. So yay. <laughs> Why don't I just yeah? Why don't I just go there and just embrace that and allow myself to go there? So that's kind of so that it's it was the newsletter first that I went all in and I embraced that this is what I talk about in the newsletter. I still talk about pivots, but that's not that's not the only thing anymore. I talk about four other things. That's I call them my midlife obsessions. But so there, there are other things that I talk about outside of outside of career pivots, but all topics that may are relevant or important to us midlifers. And then the second break, second breaks podcast continued along its, you know, natural thing that I used to be talking about for a while. But then it felt disjointed because mm. on the newsletter I was talking about this. And then on the, on the Second Breaks podcast, I kept continuing to talk about just the one thing. And then earlier this year, I January, February, I think it was, I said, you know what? I'm just going to you know, embrace that too and say, I'm going to broaden the topic of what we talk about here on Second Breaks. And I did that. And so now they are all in sync and aligned and all is happy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, you're glowing and the pot, the, the, um, the easy for me to say the newsletter is so good. Thank you. So, so much. good. I look forward to it every Sunday morning. Um, I can't always read it on Sunday, but I go back and find it. And, um, I love the way you do a mix of curating articles. So you kind of take your reader down the same rabbit hole that you went down, which is great. Uh, you know, there it's like, oh, okay. So, so you have some things to say and a link to your source and it just kind of, it's like, you can kind of just kind of go down the rabbit hole. It's fantastic. And then I always love your, um, kind of eighties, uh, <laughs> culture references, which are very fun. You know, can I just tell you, so it's, 
it's the segment of the newsletter. So the for, for the for the listeners, the newsletter has regular sections or segments. Every Sunday you have these sections, and one of the section sections is called "Remember the Time," and I, I have so much fun research research researching that you know, that section or coming up with topics for that section. And then I also get all kinds of funny responses from people about that section. So I bet, I bet. Well, it's, you know, we love that, right? It's the memorabilia. It just takes mm -hmm. you, it takes you back. It's like a little time machine uh, yes. to see whatever, whatever Lou cooked up for this, <laughs> for this week's uh, newsletter. It's a nice little woo, time yeah. machine throwback. <laughs> it's been, it's been really fun. And one of the things that I, you know, sort of tying this back to our earlier conversation when I first uh, joined you on the podcast, one of the things that I really felt differently about, you know, because in effect, I'm building a new thing again, right? So one of the things that I noticed about myself this time around is that I am less worried about is this is this ready for for the quote unquote public is this is this as close to perfect as i can get it like if we were to go back 2015 2016 even 2017 i was worried about that a lot i was worried about whether this episode that I was going to hit, you know, publish, is it really good enough? Is it as perfect as I could make it? If I was going to write a blog post, is it good enough? Like I was always worried about whether it's quote unquote as perfect as I could, you know, make it. Whereas this time I said, well, I just, you know, I'm going to just experiment and see what happens. I'm going to see how I feel about the process. And I'm also going to pay attention to what the readers are saying because I'm doing this for them too. So I call them my reader. You are my reader friends. So if they like it, then yay. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I found something that they find value, valuable or entertaining or, uh, or that they, they welcomed uh, in their inbox versus too worried about whether it's good enough or it's ready or I think if I was worried about that I still wouldn't have a newsletter <laughs> right right it's uh that boy that is whoo it's the biggest lesson that I've I've learned in doing my podcast is that done is better than perfect mm. and because I am a I will probably always be a recovering perfectionist and all that is is a fear of failure and yeah. you know um so the longer i you know niggle at something to try to get it just so um yes. it's like well mm, no you got to get it done yes you know there's there's a time frame here you got you got to publish right right exactly <laughs> exactly and uh it's been a great experience for me and i think for you too to have to uh to have to just just let it go yeah and then i think the just the idea of you know just play with it just experiment and you can always if it flops 
then you learn something and then so you tweak it again for the next time round. And every week you have an opportunity to improve it or tweak it or whatever. So that's kind of like the, and maybe the COVID thing had something to do with that because we were all stuck indoors anyway. <laughs> right. And so maybe that part of it was like just the overall sort of, uh, just the overall mood of the world that we were in. And so that was kind of like how I did it last year. And I think I, I wouldn't have changed anything about the way that I did it. I think it grew organically. I think it evolved organically. Even the finding of the name, it I found it, or it took me forever to find a name because I wanted it to mean something. I was calling it briefing notes for a while, but even I didn't, I wasn't completely sold on the name, but then everything I came up with had already been taken. And then just a couple months ago, I think it was that I landed on midlife cues and I'm like, this is it. This is, this is the name and hello, it the is domain perfect. is available. And so, yeah, so even that came, it was it, nothing felt forced this time. Whereas many of the things that I did in the past felt forced. Like mm. I was, I was trying to fit, you know, twist myself into a pretzel or, or, you know, it, nothing here felt forced, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and you're writing, which is, that was what you love to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like yes. you, that's always been something you yes. loved to do. And here you are now. So, and, and I mean, how, how do you feel? I mean, I know that when you started the podcast, I think one of the first things that, um, that I ever remember hearing was an interview that you did with um, Tara McMullen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, about confidence mm. and how starting the podcast, you had a lot to overcome because you were not comfortable with your voice. Um, so where are you now in that soup? You know, so this is funny. Uh, I tweeted this about, I want to say three months ago, and Joanna Penn, who's one of my role models, and I credit her for helping me get past my, my fears and for getting me to actually start a podcast. But um, I said, you know, there, that feeling when you listen to an old episode and you don't cringe anymore because you realize you've learned to like your voice. And that was when I realized I got, I got there. I got to that point where I was literally, I was looking for an old episode that I wanted to refer to. And as I was going to my archive and it was like episode 20 or like one of the earlier, earliest episodes. And I was... I was looking through my show notes and I didn't capture a particular sort of uh, portion of the conversation. So I had to actually listen to it to, to recapture that piece of information because there was no transcript. And I didn't cringe. I, I was just like, okay, all right, that's it. And then it was only after that that I'm like, oh, I learned to like my voice. This is my voice. This is because for a long time, that was one of my 
concerns. I didn't like my voice. I was worried about how I sounded to other people, which mm-hmm. is funny because other people have always heard my voice. <laughs> when we're talking, other people are hearing our voice, but somehow recording your voice and you listening to your recorded voice, I don't know, for me, we talked about this when you were on my podcast, but um, that that was such a big you know, uh, obstacle for me to get past. And I just got through there. And I guess it had to do with just reps, just like over and over after yeah. I just published the 164th episode. So after 164 oh, episodes, you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, that's my voice. <laughs> 164 episodes. That is yes. no joke. <laughs> that is no joke. Cause you know, um, it, it's a marathon, this mm. whole podcast production mm. thing. There's a lot of bits and pieces and little things that have to get done to, you know, it's it's not just recording your voice and posting it. It, mm-hmm. it There's a lot. And man, oh, man. I mean, yeah, there you are. It It's amazing to me how I think so many people think that, okay, that person is just confident. Right. But it confidence, certainly for me, confidence comes from the doing of something. Mm -hmm. It's like when I first started photography, um, oh, my goodness, I couldn't sleep the night before sessions. I had it was like checklist. Um, do I have every, you know, and I'd be so, so nervous. Oh, the butterflies going into doing a session. And, you know, so many years later now it, I, I'm like, oh, I have a session today yeah. <laughs> or I have a session tomorrow. I better send them a confirmation. <laughs> right. And, and right. the confidence has only come from the doing and I still make mistakes, Oh gosh, you know, I'll be like, I'll see a whole series of photos that, you know, my lost track of my camera settings, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, look at the, how long have I been doing this? You know, oh. yes. but, but do you I know remember, how to get around it now. Do you remember, cause I don't, do you remember when the confident when you started to feel confident, do you remember? Because I don't. It for me, it almost like it almost feels like, oh, I didn't realize I feel confident about this now. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't remember when it actually happened. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Are you asking me about the podcast or the photography? Either, either for anything that when you felt yeah not quite confident before. I think it was when you know. My husband probably pointed it out to me because, you know, he would all, of course, always hear me being like, oh, I have, have a photo session. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready, uh, you know, wedding. Ah. Um, and, you know, I think I got to the point where I'd be like, oh, I have, I have a photo session tomorrow. And he's like, wow, remember when you used to? Yes. So having him point that out, was like, oh. Yeah, you're right. Yes. I'm, I'm not as I'm not as nervous heading into these things. And then with the podcast, oh my gosh, I, I can't. I, I'm almost curious to go back and listen to old interviews because th- it was like I would tell I would tell my guests I'm I would get so nervous just at the beginning 
Mm-hmm. Just just those first couple yeah. of like, hey, Lou, thanks I for being do. here thing, right? Yes. I, that that has gotten better. Like I, I hit the record button and boom, it's like, hey, Lou, thanks for mm-hmm. being, you know, and, and I just launch in and I don't feel like I used to feel apologetic or like, uh, this is mm-hmm. weird now. Now we're starting and we were just talking, but now it's recording and it all felt like crunk, 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 awkward. Yes. Um, and now it's just like, okay, hit record. Let's go. You know, it's exactly. Um, yeah. And totally. I don't know when that switch flipped, so but it did. Totally. What you said about it just comes from the doing. It's like mm-hmm. after a while, you just, you don't even realize it that you've, you're there, you're past the jitter, like, you, you know, it's just, okay, this is what I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so I, I guess my point people is don't expect to feel confident. You got to do the stuff when you're scared. You got, that's, that's yes. when you have to step into yeah. the doing is because it doesn't scared yeah and it, you you won't always feel scared or even if you still feel scared it'll get less and less yeah you know it'll um like i've there are some people who i've interviewed who i still feel that initial sort of stomach flutter when i'm going to start and like joanna penn like i said it was one of my role models i've interviewed her twice on the podcast twice only or did i interview her three times or definitely at least two times and and i've met her in person and yet i still feel that you know sort of jittery feeling because i look up to her so much right but you know you get you, I get past that, you know, quickly, quicker now. Mm-hmm. And I sound less of a fangirl than I was the first time. <laughs> so we get better. And the fear gets a little, you know, it's not as much, you know, it kind of fades away. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love, I love this whole thing. Wow. So, so you are getting, I mean, I, my mind is blowing for you. Your mind just, your head must be ready to pop off your body with preparing to, to make this big move, Lou. Yes. Yeah. So um, exciting. I, so there's a lot of tactical to-dos, the, the packing, the, the, the donating, the, because at the same time that I'm doing this, I'm also downsizing. I have this. Have this idea. I've always liked this idea of, you know, living, you know, living in an airstream kind of way. Mm-hmm. I never would do it, but I love that idea of everything that you own could fit in like an airstream. Right? Yes, I'm with you. I could never do it. I do not pack light ever. <laughs> but um, yes, right? I, I, but I feel you. I totally like. Oh, I want to get. I want to get some sort of uh, RV and go right? across the country and exactly. you know, have that free experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here you are, you're downsizing. Oh, you know, and that reminds me of something that I was thinking about with you that I, I want to ask you. And it's, it's the perfect time. Your life has, it, it's a, it's a 180, right? <laughs> you, you were 
corporate executive and now you are doing you are carving your own path mm-hmm. how how do you feel changed like in your essence i as i will share a story so a couple two three weeks ago i had a dinner we had a big dinner before florida delta covid delta variant stats mm. shot up again but anyway three four weeks ago i had dinner uh big dinner with some old friends someone that i hadn't seen in over a decade so the last time she saw me i was still in new york mm-hmm. i was still in corporate you know i was still i still had my corporate job and apparently i don't, I don't actually remember this situation she was she was reminding me over dinner Apparently, I had hosted like something at my own place, and and she was one of the people I invited, and so there were probably about I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, eighteen people, and she was saying how, like she said, she said to me in, in the middle of dinner, she said, "Lou, you look and sound so different," and immediately I said, I pointed to my hair because I'm like, well, obviously I look different, I look so different because I have gray hair now, um, you know. So she said, "No, it's nothing to do with physical, like how how your hair looks or how much you gained the weight you gained. It's not that. It's like she said it. I I come across so open and so free now. Whereas when she last saw me, which was over a decade ago in New York, I was so serious and even though it was a party." <laughs> But I that I I was so serious and so controlled, and and she was like she shut you know she smiled, she's like kind of uptight, <laughs> and she was sort of like apologetic for yeah. using that word, right? And I, I was just laughing, and I was like, you know what? That's that was probably a fair description of who I was back then. I was fairly controlled. I was fairly serious and probably came across uptight. (laughs) And, uh, and now I, I don't feel that way. I don't feel uptight today. I don't feel so controlled. I don't feel, I mean, I think I'm still serious, but I I feel I really feel open and more willing to to try to experiment. This I know about myself for sure. I feel more uh, free to experiment or maybe talk about what I'm experimenting on more than I did say a decade ago. And it's it's so it's when people say that those things to me that I realize the the journey or the the change that has happened over over the years, um, because I, I don't know that on my own that I I would have picked up on it until until she said it, and then I started reflecting, and then I started journaling about it, and then I started thinking, and yeah, I guess that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that what I see is somebody who has become incredibly courageous. Thank you. you know? I like that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I'm getting teary actually. <laughs> um, but the, what you're doing 
takes incredible courage to to get off of the mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, to step away from having a title mm-hmm. that gives you, um, you know, there's there's that that your place in the world or that yes. people can hang a yeah. hat on who you are and what you're capable of. And, yeah. you know, um, and you have stepped away from that and are forging your own path. And that, mm-hmm. that takes incredible courage. And uh, that's what I see when, Thank you. when I see what you're doing now. I so appreciate that. Uh, the, the funny thing is that, so you know, when I was much younger, when I was still in corporate America, people would say to me, you know, oh, you're very headstrong or you're very like determined and you're very, you know, which I wore with pride. Like, yeah, I'm that. <laughs> like, yeah. She's doing a really cute little head, head <laughs> Bob, folks. I wish you could see her right now. <laughs> people tell you these. Yes, exactly. People tell you these things and you're like, yeah, that's me. Right. You know, but then, and then you do something like this where you, you know, you step away from that world and you try something new and it requires a different kind of courage, which for a while, like really guys, like if you listen to the first episode or the very first time I was on this show, you'll hear all the messiness of that time period like I lost all that bravado and that like I lost all of that and for a while I was like what happened to that person who Mm. you know felt like she could do whatever she wants to do because I didn't feel that way for for a few years but I guess that's part of I can say it now because I'm past it, <laughs> but I guess that's part of the journey, isn't it, Yvonne? It's just like, that's just part of what you go through. It's just like, you know, if it's like a river, well, then there's rocky parts and there's like lots of, you know, uh, water and, and then there's the shallow part, like that's just part of it. And so maybe, who knows, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have gotten to the point where I'm at now where I'm a little bit more ease at peace with what I'm doing with what I'm about to do uh maybe I wouldn't have gotten here if I hadn't gone through that rocky basis I don't know but yeah and you're simplifying I mean right down to like the 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 shedding of stuff yes yeah right yeah yeah Yeah. that's actually that's the other thing too because like I feel like it the more uh, this is just me so please please i'm not uh, i'm not like trying to tell people anything that this is just my experience is that all the things that i quote unquote owned that i'm now discarding um is like weight off like it's a release there's mm. some there's a, there's a there's a weight that was accompanying all those objects because one of the things that I I committed to was that I wasn't going to rent a storage unit. That was the thing. I said, I am not renting a storage unit. It's either I'm going to take it with me or it's going to get sold or discarded, donated, thrown away. But nothing goes to storage unit. Um, and I've stuck to that. 
so far. But yeah, I feel like every box, every bag, everything, every time Salvation Army comes and picks up, I feel like, you know, there's yeah. another few, you know, um, and and some of the some of the old labels, some of the old stories, some of the things that, you know, that these objects represented that I'm like letting go. So maybe that's part of why I feel so it's amazing like I, I in my mid-20s I did I mean it would be a whole different thing now um but it was in my mid-20s I did sell almost everything I owned mm. and um made the move from Denver to New York City with what I could fit in my car yes um and it was I've always loved those kinds of stories. Every time I hear that kind of story, there's a part of me just, oh, I want to do that. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> it was exactly you doing it. It was very liberating. It was so liberating to to just shed the stuff. Yes. And you know, I and then when I did move into a place in New York, I bought a futon. <laughs> and that, that was my piece of furniture for a while. You know, I had, <laughs> I had yes. you yeah. know, I think I used a box as a night table for a while. <laughs> and, you know, yes. and then slowly you just start to accumulate. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Right. Stuff. Right. I mean, yeah. I... I had moved around, but I, I wasn't very good with packing when I moved around before. I always, I just packed everything. <laughs> and so they just, you know, all these years and years accumulated, just getting more and more boxes packed and then shoved into closets when you move oh, to a new place. Yeah. And this time I would open a closet. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I, I've forgotten that I had this or I can't even remember the last time I, I don't even remember that I had them, right? right. <laughs> You're making me want to go clean out my closets, Lou. They're terrible. They are overflowing. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> my car is yes. full. My closets are full. It's too much. <laughs> so, yes, that's that's kind of my if 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 uh if the listeners could see uh, what Yvonne is looking at right now, it's it's a bear, it's a half bear, you know, uh, bouquets and messy. Me so I'm, I'm living with mess right now because it's in the process of that uh, getting sorted out between donating and throwing out and selling and packing. Um, but yeah, in about three weeks, I will be out of here in this apartment. And then the the big long travel begins because I I will basically travel to family first. So I leave my home I and then I live with uh, family first in Orlando for a few days, visit with them for a few days. And then from there, go to New York, visit with family in New York for a couple of days. And then I get on a big plane to Asia. <laughs> Oh my yes. Gosh. Oh my gosh. And what's the date of the big flight to Asia? Uh, last day of August, August 31st. Oh my. And goodness. then I, so, and then of course there's a big time difference. So first of all, there's a big, it's a long flight. Uh -huh. And then, and then on top of that, there's a time difference. So I leave New York uh, time at 5 PM New York time. And I land in Asia 
so that's August 31st. And I land in, in, in the Philippines on September 2nd. So it's not like, how many days are you traveling? <laughs> wow. But, but also because there's a time difference. That's right. right. But I mean, I'm, pra- I'm practically traveling for about 24 hours, 25 hours, something like that. Wow. Yeah. So there's going to be lots of time on the plane editing podcast episodes is basically what I'll be doing. There you go. There you go. See, this is why this is why you're good at what you do. You're like, what the heck? I'll just work on the plane. You, you, you have set yourself up to make this work. Yes. It, yeah. um, I just have huge admiration for you in all the thought that you've put into the structure of what you're doing. And not just that, but doing something in a way that feeds you and mm. um that that you have a you have put yourself in the position of of being able to go down rabbit holes yes and and now it's your job yes you know? exactly it's like genius right i mean I, every time i think about that or i tell people about that i laugh because what used to make me feel guilty is like uh-huh. no i don't feel guilty about it. i like this is what I do. Research. I go down rabbit holes. It's <laughs> research. research. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I would say too that I guess maybe this comes with with maturity, with our age, you know, the phase in life we are in. But like you asked me before, I think it was before we hit record. I can't remember when you asked me, but like I will be moving into my parents' home, my, my mom's place, basically. Um, and where my sister lives now, she had remodeled the home. And so it's a it's a relatively big place. So it's not like we're going to be on top of each other, but we are going to be living together. Um, and 10 years ago, I might have uh, been stressing about that. But now I feel like, no, it's an adventure. Mom, mom's in her 90s. I'm just going to have fun with her. And um, like I, I, I've been saying, if I get to spend a couple years with her, because she's in her late 90s, and that'll be awesome. I'll be so grateful. Yeah. Right? I, and- I feel like it's, it, it's the best choice you could make. I mean, it's the kind of thing that I feel like you would never regret. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Um, and you know, I love my sister, my sister and I have always gotten along uh, well together, although we're, com- we're complete opposites. Like, seriously, she is as extroverted as I am introverted, but we get along fairly well together, funnily enough. And so I'm actually looking forward to hanging out with her, uh, and, you know, just spending time with her and also just helping her out, you know, at home. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at this as, just another adventure. And if it's, if it's, it's open-ended right now. So if it's two years, if it's a year, if it's three years, you know, I've, I've basically said it's an open-ended sort of adventure. Yeah. The next chapter we'll see. Yeah. It's it's being comfortable (laughs) with the uncertainty. Um, You, you've gotten yourself to the place where you, 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 you're just stepping into it with, with, with gusto for the supposed controlled person it's a strange thing to be saying right you know, yeah. yeah 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 absolutely yeah. absolutely and i'm somebody who didn't realize what a control freak i actually mm-hmm. am 
until do you feel loosening up a little bit with the control no 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 i i'm i'm that's a lesson i'm learning right now i'm i'm but but i have to say now that i know that i'm a control freak i mean that's awareness is the first step right yes totally (laughs) yes yeah, I had no I I had no idea what what how bossy I was. I mean, I for for ages that you know, I'm, when I'm when I get a camera in my hand, I feel full license to boss people around and I joke about it. I you know, I especially if I'm getting big groups of people together and, I, and suddenly I'm very loud and I'm like, "You need to be over here. Oh, you, you can't hide. Step step around, step around, come around to the front." You know, and uh, and I and then I'll, I usually will make a joke and say, "I'm I'm very bossy with the camera in my hand and my and at which point my husband says with a camera in your hand and you're always bossy he means <laughs> right <laughs> so now that's part of my my standard joke and uh i was funny enough doing uh doing a headshot for a former boss of mine who who i had loved working with but the company that we worked at i was always very frustrated with some things that were internal to the way that they did things. And I would complain to her about the process and how it needed to be improved. And well, anyway, so I was doing her headshots and I'm bossing her. I'm like, okay, so now turn your head, put your face forward, turn, turn your shoulders, blah, blah, blah. And I made the joke and she, she just died <laughs> laughing. Cause she's like, oh my gosh, you are bossy. And I was like, what? I wish I could see you in action. I totally, well, when I come back, when I come back, because this is not, it's not like I'm moving and gone forever, right? When I come back, I have to see you in action, Yvonne. (laughs) I want to see this side of you. Yeah, my kids, I'm sure, would be like, oh, yeah, she's boss. But uh, I think, I, although I think maybe motherhood made made me bossy i don't Mm. remember i don't remember being bossy before i have to go back and ask some old some friends that know me pre-motherhood or something Mm. like that Mm because yeah that whole that whole journey essentially changed me yeah yeah you know you know we just keep changing and we just go you know you know we do what can we do a year from now a couple years from now if you if you ever ask me back again you know I will. <laughs> we might be talking about something different again. We probably exactly. will. Right? I hope so, right? Because so we're we're not dead yet. We're yes. you know, exactly. this is like a process. It, right. And it's not like we should it's like, okay, I'm fully cooked now. Everything's yes. good. I figured it all out. No. This is it. No. No, not even close to figure exactly. it out. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. Lou, thank you for for being my friend. Thank you for coming back. Um, and good luck with the move. Thank you so much. I I'm just really thrilled that I get to be part of your journey. So thank you. Thank you also for being my friend. Oh my gosh. Love it. And so people can find you. Um, the is the website now is midlifecues.com, oh, yes. right? Yes, so there's I yeah, I made the flip, the switch. Uh, so midlifecues.com and there's a dedicated page when you get there that's for the podcast, which is still called Second Breaks. But yeah, midlifecues.com. All right. All right. People, subscribe. It is so <laughs> worthwhile. You will love getting it in your inbox on Sunday mornings. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Well, there you have it. 
I love talking to Lou, and I'll tell you right now, it's very likely I will have her back on the show further down the line to get the latest news. One of the things I love about Lou is that she allows herself to be led by her curiosity. She's one courageous woman. I love that she's always willing to step into the unknown with little more than faith in her ability to figure it out. I think that's the thing we all need in order to grow. A little bit of courage in the face of fear and the faith in our ability to figure out things as we go along. So that said, I wanna challenge and encourage you to listen to your what ifs and take some action towards them, even if it's research. Research can help fuel your courage as you begin to get an understanding of what's needed to make your dreams a reality. So go down that rabbit hole Read everything you can about that thing you want to do and see how it makes you feel. Does it make you feel like you wish you were already doing the thing? Does it make you impatient to get started? Good. Let it fuel you to take a baby step and see how that goes. Then take another step and see how that goes and so on and so on. You can do it, my friend. It's never too late. If you want to know more about Lou, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 75. And I will include a link in those show notes to our original conversation that was episode three. And hey, if you feel like you need a little more support in going after that what if, while you're checking out the show notes, you can also find a link there to sign up to receive a free guide that I created called Five Steps to Your Midlife Reboot. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.